Deacon Morgan was ordained a deacon last Saturday uh, down at St. Peter's Tallahassee, and he's the assistant clergy person uh, down at Christ Church Montgomery, and it's a joy to get it, uh, to have his first sermon as a deacon, right? Yeah. Um, well, this deacon, the pulpit is right. What is a joy to be with you, um, and uh, sweet presence in the room. So, uh, begin with the scripture. But we are not those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and persevere their souls. Hebrews 10, 39. Maybe seated. So as I was preparing to preach this week, uh, I got a phone call from the priest I serve under, Andrew Rowell. Uh, it was on Friday. And um, it's one of the few Sundays during the year that we are preaching on the same Sunday. So we got to compare notes a little bit. And uh, the thing that we agreed on is that these scriptures that we have this morning are not an easy batch of scriptures to preach on. They are difficult. There is no like poem or sweet story that I can tell at the beginning of this message uh, to make them feel good. Um, because these texts that we read are rather bleak. They're hard passages. The Daniel passage talks about resurrection. It talks about some people rising to everlasting life, but others to everlasting contempt. Hebrews passage talks about suffering that the church has gone through and the need for perseverance in the midst of that suffering. And then the gospel passage from Mark talks about great buildings that are destroyed, the temple being thrown down, wars and rumors of wars and earthquakes. I've tried earnestly to find some kind of funny story to begin this, but there isn't one. These passages just hit us like a two-by-four in the middle of the eyes. They're intense, difficult, and sometimes strange. These passages are like the life verse of that guy that stands on the corner in the cities that has that little cardboard sign that says the end is near. He's that kind of crazy person. But these are the scriptures that we have today. And these scriptures teach us much about what it means to follow Jesus in the midst of conflict and suffering and pain. This morning, I want to focus on the Hebrews passage. All of these passages read of similar themes, but the Hebrews one is the one I want to speak on this morning. This passage is honest with us. It is very honest. It tells us that suffering will come to those who follow God. But it also calls us to perseverance and faith in the midst of these obstacles. And then it finally teaches us that in the midst of tribulation, in the midst of suffering, in the midst of all of the pain of this life, there is hope. And that hope is none other than the living God who encounters us this morning. But the first thing that this, the scripture, this, this scripture from Hebrews tells us is that suffering, persecution, and pain are real things that we encounter. They exist in our lives, and they exist in the lives of Christians all around the world. It reads in that Hebrews passage, Recall the former days when, after you were enlightened, you endured a hard struggle with sufferings, sometimes being publicly exposed to reproach and affliction, and sometimes being partners with those so treated. The writer of Hebrews is writing to a people that had been through immense persecution as Christians. They were living out their faith, but they were being um, tried and persecuted for that faith. 
And the writer of Hebrews is reminding them of this. He's reminding them of the road that they have walked. They're reminding them of the cost of the discipleship that they have endured throughout these years. Um, there will be, um, they're going through this Christian life and encountering that suffering. There will be times when that suffering is not overwhelming. There will be times when that suffering seems to subside for a little bit. But that suffering is a part of the Christian experience. For some people, suffering will come in the form that's talked about in this passage. It will come in the form of persecution. The Bible and church history are filled with stories of martyrs. Stories of people who boldly proclaim their faith. And it costs them their lives in often, in often cases. We hear about Stephen in the book of Acts. We hear about church fathers and church mothers throughout history that lay it all on the line for their faith. And persecution continues today. There are many brothers and sisters across the world that we have, many Anglican brothers and sisters that we have, who are faithful in their dedication to the gospel, faithful to their Christian faith, and they have to endure suffering and pain, and sometimes they endure death for those beliefs. Now I want to recognize that uh, here in Opelika, we don't encounter that sort of persecution, I would say. Um, we're, we're in Alabama. Christianity is generally viewed as an acceptable religion. Uh, we might get a question about our beliefs. Somebody might make fun of us in some cases, but um, nobody is going to be waiting outside to kill us because we're here in church. But we're still, we're still Christians who go through suffering. We're still Christians who encounter pain when we go throughout life. The path of following Jesus is a difficult one, no matter where you live, no matter if you live in the Sudan or if you live here in Opelika. The, the faith that we proclaim is a faith that costs us something. It's a hard life. Suffering might be more pronounced in some areas of the world, but our faith is tested wherever we live, even here. We struggle in our walk as personal, in our personal discipleship with God. How many of us know that as we draw closer to God, as we attempt to live out this way of faith, our faith is tested and we're tried. We encounter brokenness in this world and it can shake us. It's often hard to maintain faith. We live in an age of doubt, in an age of skepticism. Then we encounter sin. Sin is complicated and wily. It rears its ugly head in terrible and deceptive ways. And like the people of the ancient world that the letter of Hebrews is written to, uh, we are also susceptible to similar things. We're susceptible to worshiping false gods, to uh, going along with the cultural norms because it's acceptable. And I believe that this is one of our hardest challenges as Christians in the United States, especially. Um, there are idols that are all around us, um, idols that we, we seek to worship almost unknowingly. Idols of money, success, status, family, relationships, all these idols woo us. Now, they're not made of wood or iron or gold, but they're made of our dreams, our hopes, our sweat, our tears, and our toil. We will work ourselves to death trying to achieve these idols. And so much of the struggle of our lives is trying to follow the one true God when all of these idols vie for our attention, when all of them are trying to get us 
to worship them. The journey of discipleship is hard. It's arduous. But it's not just sin. It's not just idols that test our faith. Life itself can test us. We encounter trauma. We can lose a loved one. We can lose our jobs. We can lose cherished dreams in an instant. Or over the course of a life, we can get worn down. And it leaves us scrambling to pick up the pieces. These are the moments that rattle our faith. Sin, life, all of these things can shake us. And in the midst of this mess, in the midst of sin and brokenness and persecution and all of this, the, writers, the writer of Hebrews speaks these words. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve their souls. Preserve. I want to focus on that word. That is the word that the writer of Hebrews uses for how we are to live out our lives. Preserve our souls. Conjures up images of staying strong. An image of being able to endure pain for long periods of time. When I was in college, I was uh, a cross-country runner and uh, ran track as well. It's one of those skinny guys who runs far too much, looks gaunt and tired all the time. And uh, I'm happy that those days are behind me. I, I, much, I enjoy not being tired all the time. And uh, each Tuesday was an especially tiring day because I had, uh, the team had a workout that we had to take part in every Tuesday. And there would come a point in the workout and it was usually two-thirds of the way to three-fourths of the way through the workout that you would just get exhausted, that you would not want to continue on. Um, you had done too much of the workout to quit, like you had invested too much time, but you still had a ways to go. And so you had a choice in that moment. And you're sweating, you're in pain a lot of the times. That's a lot of what running is, is just pain management. And so... Uh, you had a choice. You could either drop back and take the workout more slowly and conserve energy. Or you could lean forward and press into the difficulty of that workout. You could press into the difficulty of those runs, knowing that you were better for it, that there was something better on the other side. And more times than not, if you pressed into the workout, if you got with your teammates and you were able to bind yourselves together and get through that hard point of the workout, everything would work. You would finish the workout strong. You would, you would finish with good times. If you, if you kind of drew back, the workout was done at that point. Everything had finished. You had basically given up. If you shrank back, the workout was over. Now in this reading... The writer of Hebrews is calling the Hebrews to persevere. He's telling them to lean in, to not shrink back. He is calling them to have faith despite the suffering and the pain. He is calling them to have faith. He is calling them to persevere their souls. But how does someone who is in the midst of intense persecution, intense suffering, intense pain, how do you preserve your soul? It doesn't seem like there's an easy way for us to just pick ourselves up by our bootstraps and keep our faith. It's easy for me to stand up here and say, have faith. Just go out and have faith. 
But it's not up to us. It's not up to us to pick ourselves up. It is God who does that work in our lives. God is a gracious Father. In the midst of our pain, God looks upon us in mercy and love and grace. And He gives us the gift of faith. He gives us faith. And what is faith? Well, if we read one verse further in the reading, we would hear that faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. What do you, what do you hope for in life? What do you long for? What do you desire to see? Deep down as people, we hope for life. We hope to live a good life. We hope to live uh, an abundant life. And we long, we long to live lives of love. We desire to see ourselves and the world around us healed. And faith is that trust that one day God is going to come and set things right once and for all. Faith is the conviction. It is the assurance that we will be saved. It's the assurance that we will enter into eternal life. Because of God's work in us, because of the gift of faith by the power of the Holy Spirit, faith is given to us in the midst of suffering and times of joy as well. God gives us assurance and conviction that this path that we're following, this path of Jesus, is the right one. He helps us to trust that his word is true. He helps us to have faith, even when we can't seem to muster up the courage to have faith. Now, it's not to say that we're not going to have doubts in our life. Um, we certainly will have doubts. It's a part of our lives. It's a part of being human. There is no shame in doubt. It's, it's, part of, it's a part of the brokenness of our, this world. But underneath the doubts that we have, underneath those times when our faith is tested and things don't seem to work, we have conviction underneath that, a bedrock, a foundation, that our God cares for us. Even when we don't believe it, our God cares for us and our God loves us. Because God cared enough about us to send his son to enter into our mess. To live, to die on a cross, and be raised. That we might know eternal life. When we doubt, when we are at a loss of faith, we look to the cross. We look to God's love for us upon the cross. And when we see a God who has suffered alongside us, we can walk that path as disciples, a path that will lead us to our own crosses, but will lead us also to eternal life. So we are not people who shrink back in the midst of suffering. We're not people who give up. We're people who lean into the faith that God has given us and preserve our souls. And we are a people of hope. The writer of Hebrews tells us these words for you had compassion on those in prison, and you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property, since you knew that you yourselves had a better possession and an abiding one. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. We are people, as Christians, who have a better possession. We have an abiding presence. We have an abiding possession that will last. 
We have a reward that is waiting for us. We are currently in some ways living that reward. We are a part of this kingdom of God. And that reward is eternal life with a triune God. As we walk through hardship, as we walk through struggles and pain and suffering, whatever those struggles are, we can know that there is something that is waiting for us. And that is abundant life with God forever. And because of that hope, today, wherever we are, we can live in boldness. In this passage, we hear about these bold disciples of Jesus having compassion on those who had been imprisoned for the faith. They were able to accept the plundering of their property. That is something that doesn't just happen. People don't just surrender their property. They were able to endure persecution because they knew that through walking that road, there was something better waiting for them. And to bring it closer to home, we're similar. Because of that hope, because of the hope of God, we can love others unconditionally. We can forgive. We can be bold in sharing our faith to other people. And we don't have to retaliate when we've been wronged. Because we have hope. Because we know that one day, our hope that we have in God will be seen for what it is. Our hope will be sight. As you go out this week, as you go out wherever you go, I encourage you to find, out, find one place where you can be bold and live out this hope. Live out of faith. I encourage you that as you pray, um, and this is a daily thing, um, as you pray, I, I would ask you to ask God for the places in your life that need hope. Those places that are in need of some sort of looking forward to what is better. Whether it's loving a neighbor you don't know well, um, sharing your faith, or doing anything that requires boldness this week, ask for God's guidance and strength. We are a people who suffer. Christianity, a lot of Christianity is suffering. But we are also a people who have been given a living hope in God. We've been given faith. We've been given hope. This week, go out and be people of faith. Be people that proclaim the hope in the everlasting God. Amen. Amen.